Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and Lindsay, your people's choicing this week. Yes. I don't know why I tried to give a hint last week, but uh, the people's choice is... The Marvel manga verse. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was glancing at its TV tropes page before I before we did this episode. Lindsay, yeah. here's what I've learned about the Marvel manga verse. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was an interesting idea. Terrible execution. Just just top to bottom. Yeah. For for one thing. It does look like one of the spearheaders of it was C.B. Sobolski, who's the current editor-in-chief, but let's not forget, got his start by pretending to be a Japanese guy. Yeah. Marvel doesn't want you to remember this. (laughs) (laughs) They want it buried deep, deep underground. (laughs) Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know and honestly that's probably the majority um that's for the the best (laughs) and it's honestly for the best um the marvel manga verse was a fifth week event from the early 2000s that attempted to blend the marvel universe and its superheroes with a healthy dose of the usual uh of the usual tropes one would find in manga and anime what do we call it healthy no it's honestly a very superficial understanding of manga and anime and mostly drawn by one guy which i don't envy that's too much work i I will say in the trivia portion it's listed that ben dunn the one of the creators of the manga verse uh he's listed under cast the expert because he made a career for himself making how to draw manga books you know those books that are kind of infamous for not teaching you how to draw very well at all, manga or otherwise? Yeah, those books. Uh, like, who knows, he might be the nicest guy around, but man, his art is... um. Comparing it to stuff I've seen on DeviantArt would be a disservice to DeviantArt. Yeah, I would, I would say it's definitely a combination of trying to make a living based off of the styles of the times and then those styles being picked as what we're going to say is codifies the styles of the times. So now you can't get out of that style. You're stuck in the style even if you know the style is bad. I'm going to see I'm going to see if Ben Dunn has any current portfolio. In the meantime, I'm just going to say like the art style used is like Okay, so Manga and anime was kind of in a weird transition period too from the old cel-shaded anime to digital anime so like you were seeing the switch from the more hyper i'm gonna say hyper detailed 90s to the more it's not easier to draw anime and manga it's just like it's a bit more streamlined look that's probably easier it's just a different form of stylization yeah, it's a different form of stylization, but this is in the awkward transition period. Plus, this was an awkward transition period for Marvel, not long after the comic book crash of 96. And still getting over the the, the 90s Dark Age, you, you know, too many pouches. Yeah, honestly, look. honestly, you look at you look at the art from the mangaverse and it doesn't look like manga. It It, it really does look like just an extension of the 90s 
situation. <laughs> yeah. Where they, they're just, they're stylized in all the wrong ways, and it's trying to make every and the women are all busty and booty, and every, they look like ethnically ambiguous, but not so ethnically ambiguous that you wouldn't think that they're not white women. It's just so bad. Anyway, does he have a portfolio? The publicly available portfolio? I, I'm trying to find. He has a Wikipedia page. Um, okay. But it doesn't, like, obviously doesn't have his work, and I tried following the external links, but it's not taking me to any, like, specific like websites that are just his work mm. so who knows hey if if you're a fan of ben dunn you think his work has improved since he taught people how to draw manga send us, us some examples we will eat our hats ben dunn <laughs> contact us directly <laughs> so anyway the situation with the storyline was that like Basically, it was still like a regular North American comic. It's just, again, they were taking a lot of the very superficial aspects of manga and anime and trying to apply it to a comic book, to an ongoing comic book It doesn't series. even seem like they took anime inspiration. It seems like they just took a, like a general vague Japan inspiration with like kaiju and stuff. Yeah, honestly. Like, like if, if there was a bunch of like mecha, I could give that a pass because mecha anime is like a specific thing. It's yeah. a specific genre. Anime is not a genre. Anime is a medium. And even then, it's just just a sub-medium of cartoons in general. Yeah. But you could say that a mecha anime is its own beast. Yeah. Like, mecha is itself really a sub-genre of science fiction. And the medium is anime and manga. And anime and manga are just, like, subsections of their media types that have specific conventions that, you know, you're watching an anime, you know you're watching an anime. Yeah, certain genres are codified within a specific kind of medium and style, and so it's easier to associate those with that medium and style than they break out. Like, yeah. obviously Pacific Rim is a mecha movie, but you wouldn't... It, it feels like a different creature from a mecha anime. Yes. But not necessarily. I mean, yeah. Guillermo did explicitly take inspiration from Evangelion. Yeah. Genres yeah, are like, weird. Yeah. And Evangelion is a very different beast from the Gundam franchise. So, yes. there. Anyway, how is Lindsay going to fix this? Well, I'm going to bring in actual Mangaka. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like every time we've done something that it's like, what if we took this thing that was supposed to be Japanese, made it more Japanese, by bringing in actual Japanese creators? Yeah. Like, my thought is, like, at the very least, bring in actual Mangaka to redesign the character so that you know, they have distinctive styles. Yes. Wait, and wait, hang on. Wait, hang on. Lindsay, hang on, Lindsay. Yeah, wait. yeah, yeah. Are you, are you going to just turn this into that idea we had where <laughs> all the Marvel heroes were just magical girls? <laughs> no! That's my fan fiction. Okay. <laughs> A different fan fiction, not the one I'm currently writing. Maybe sometime <laughs> in the future I'll get around to... <laughs> <laughs> the Avengers of Sailor Scouts. <laughs> okay, there's a couple crossovers. There's at least a crossover tag over in AO3 for both Sailor Moon and Sailor Venus or Sailor V by herself. I mean, at least that makes sense because the Sailor Scouts like were designed to be supergirls and Sailor V could easily slide into, maybe not the Marvel Universe, but she could easily slide into like the My Hero Academia Universe. Easily. And and Peter Parker meeting Midoriya is just a genre in of itself. Yeah. Because 
also, hey, remember that time uh, Spider-Man basically kind of inspired the tokusatsu genre? Yes. <laughs> we were just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So Also, I just want to slide in here and mention once again the Spider-Deku versus Mary Bat battle for weird crossover ship dominance. <laughs> So, anyway, this kind of morphed into, like, okay, let's get actual mangaka artists and writers to do solo series for these characters. So, they still exist within the Marvel Universe, but maybe they're not doing the whole big, we're always in each other's business all the time. Yeah. They're they're adjacent to each other, but they're not necessarily crossing over. Yeah. Because I think that was another big problem with the Marvel manga franchise. Again, it's a whole bunch of just, like... It's still a comic book. Everything was in color, too. Which, like, if you've ever picked up a, a manga... They're not. <laughs> it's rare <laughs> to have full-color pages. Honestly, seeing a full-color manga is a little weird. Yeah. And, like, I remember Ryan mentioning, um, I think it was on his, his podcast, that he was really interested in seeing Western superheroes drawn more in black and white styles like just in general like just trying out that medium of yeah. having no color because just like with the difference between black and white film and color film like there is a couple key differences in how uh you make a shot yeah lighting becomes so important with black and white so i it's a potential for really cool art really cool really memorable art and also for really interesting ways of telling stories yeah. Yeah. You know, we could even have each, like, each story told through a different genre itself. Yeah. And then and... maybe, for example, the um depiction of Tony in, like, the Avengers manga line could be just slightly different from the depiction of Tony in, for example, the X-Men line. And also, like, getting artists, like, I, <sighs> my big thing is I want to see um Hamaru Arakawa take on a superhero she of full metal alchemist fame okay hmm, that i feel see the one i immediately jumped to would be the winter soldier just because robot arm that's true but i was also thinking like for the more spy stuff like naoki urakawa from monster oh that could also be good yeah what if um sorry who'd you say the name was was for full metal alchemist uh hamaru arakawa she could probably do a Black Panther situation. Yeah? I think that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are Black and Japanese-raised mangaka out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, getting through to... It's finding them, and then, like, getting the attention that they deserve. Yeah. Um, um, but with, with ha, ha, Hamaru, did you yeah. say? Yeah. Sorry, the names are not sticking. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'd, I'm just thinking that because Follow My Alchemist also had dealt with a lot of like interpolitical situations, and it had that little bit of like steampunk magitech aesthetic yeah. that would lend itself well to Black Panther. Yeah, and also just like her art style is really neat and it's mm-hmm. really stylized. Also, why it's like really great to animate. <laughs> um, no, I should probably hang on. I'm gonna grab some of my own manga. Okay. So. Me and Lindsay are both going to our manga shelves. Yep. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let me grab my other examples. Okay. Uh, another guy I thought of who would be great at at the uh he's mostly an illustrator. Have you ever heard 
of um, uh, Yoshitaka Amano. He did the character designs for um, Final Fantasy. I am going to tell you nine out of ten like Japanese creator names I'm not going to recognize because <laughs> I like anime as a concept, but I'm not invested enough to actually know the people behind it quite often. Okay. Um, I'm bad anime fan. <laughs> basically, he's the guy who did, as I said, the character d- designs for um, Final Fantasy. He Like the original ones? Yeah, the original ones. Okay, yeah, because I'm thinking the more recent ones are Tetsuya Nomura. Yeah, no, he did the original stuff. He also worked with Neil Gaiman for uh, The Sandman, The Dream Hunters. Oh, neat. Um, he did the illustrations for Vampire Hunter D, Demon City Shinjuku. Um, like, if you're thinking, like, that really detailed Art Nouveau, like, late 80s, early 90s anime, this is the guy. Yeah. His artwork is also just gorgeous. Like, if you want, I would say, something high fantasy or, like, science fantasy. So, so I, I want to say Doctor Strange, but I have my own pick for a Doctor Strange. Okay. Also, I feel like, I feel like this thing that we're kind of building is less a shared universe and more just a series of one-shots of just Japanese mangaka getting to do their spin on the Marvel heroes. Yeah, it would probably end up being one shots, but like I wouldn't mind a an ongoing series or like a ten to twenty volume series of yeah. something. Maybe so so maybe it would be like one or two ongoings, like an ongoing in Avengers and an ongoing X-Men, and because it's Marvel is probably gonna be an ongoing Spider-Man, but then like yeah. each of these can also have a backup piece. So like do do it American comic style where quite often there's like a main story and then five pages of a sub story. Yeah. And so then those ones can just highlight other creators doing their spins. Yeah. And, and then, then if they get really popular. Like we can make something more out of this. Yeah. Because I think I do think this is like the most ideal way to start, especially would be to just let the creator, let the actual mangaka do what they think would be cool to do in this situation. Yeah. Than just like assign them here. I want you to do this. It's like here, here is all of our properties. Pick one that su- that you find interesting. Also, because mangaka are very busy people. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of people who are very busy, and like specifically, she gets ill often enough that the manga continuously goes on hiatus. Katsura Hoshino, who does D Gray Man. Oh, yeah. Which was what one of my fave manga because it was like one of the first that I read regularly mm-hmm. and quite often goes on hiatus because of her health issues to the point where I've decided, okay, I'm going to buy any volume that I can when it comes out, but I'm just going to do wait until the whole thing is finished and then just reread the whole series. Yeah. Because I would keep forgetting what was happening. Yeah. And like, um, I think in her case, it's probably best if it's just like, hey, could you provide some character designs? Cool. Yeah, but I think I think she even just now this is just brain art. This is brainstorming fan art. Yeah, <laughs> but I think she would also be a good pick for Doctor Strange. <laughs> it would be cool to see. And I was thinking, I know it's a bit on the nose, but uh, Makoto Yukimura of Benland Saga for something Thor related. <laughs> Yeah, that is very on the nose. But like, you know, I feel like you could probably find an interview where she was inspired by Thor. He. Oh, he. You could probably find a Makoto's a unisex name. Okay. Yeah. You could. I wouldn't be surprised if you found an interview where he said he was inspired by the Thor comics just because of the general. (laughs) Yeah. Norseness. Like he definitely delved way more 
way more into the, like the actual history that is available from the period, but yeah. I feel like Akira Toriyama would do something. I'm not sure what. But he would do something. He would definitely do something. I'm just trying to think of like which characters or which character, or which team would suit his styles the best. Something with big fighty boys. Would it be Guardians of the Galaxy? That might be the obvious, again, the obvious choice. Yeah, the obvious choice would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe <laughs> the Hulk? Oh, that could be, yeah, that could be interesting, yeah. Maybe even do a whole Planet Hulk. Ooh. Um, another favorite mangaka of mine is Kaoru Mori. She's most famous for uh, A Maid's Tale. Her current story is A Bride Story, which is set in uh, Turkey in the mid 1800s. Or not Turkey, uh, Central Asia. And oh, her style, like, she goes heavy into the research and just the details that she can pack into, like, one panel is amazing. Like, she goes deep into, like, the embroidery and the jewelry that the characters wear. Um, it's stunning artwork. Like, just this splash page. That is a that is a lot of detail. Holy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is a queen and <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. I like her work. Um so I'm not entirely sure what she would do if she were approached by Marvel, but I'm I'm thinking something more on the historical side. Like it would be fun to revive some of the golden age characters. Yeah. Um so maybe invaders or if you want to do something really old and stylized, what if just uh, her take on 1602? Ooh, yeah. But instead of... Okay, so instead of going... I don't know if it would necessarily be the same year, but instead of going to, like, medieval, like, colonial Western times... <laughs> instead of the to... end of the Elizabethan era, because the, it's not medieval by that point. It's okay. early modern. I don't know what time means. <laughs> but instead of end of Elizabethan era, what if it's, like... The hero showing up at the end of a major Japanese era. Well, roughly the same time was the beginning of the uh to of the Edo period. Okay. So there's that, or so you like could I say think the, I think the two major options would be like yeah, end of the Edo period or the end of the isolationist period, mm -hmm. which is much more recent. Yeah, would be and a completely different cultural thing. Yeah. Which, again, would be super awesome. Again, this is mostly just us going like, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? Now, how about we talk about how exactly the manga is going to appear? Because I'm thinking probably not in the floppies. Mm. I don't know how that would do. So I'm, think I'm thinking realistically the manga would appear as floppies to begin with. And then if it took off, then they would actually start releasing volumes. Okay. I mean, <laughs> at this point, Marvel... <laughs> Is made of money because they're part of the rat company. <laughs> so they, they could easily just commission a full volume of stories. Yeah. Or or oh, what if what if they did just do a whole like shonen jump situation where it's like, here's 17 different heroes in this huge magazine. Because I think that would be beneficial to like the 15 different Spider-Man ongoings that they always have. <laughs> it's just here's a big bind up every month. <laughs> yeah, every time every time we do comics, we come back to, hey, how do we fix the the entire industry? <laughs> I mean, Diamond, is it defunct now or is it still? I don't know what's happening there. I haven't actually bought a comic since last March. 
I mean, there's a good reason why. Um, yes, but <laughs> I heard that there was like a major paradigm shift, but I never actually looked up to see how that changed. Obviously, they're still releasing individual floppies, but I think most, I think the big two are doing it in-house now, and like, yeah, maybe some people are still going through Diamond, but some people may have found different distributors. Yeah, and um, on March 23rd, 2020, founder and CEO Steve Geppi announced that due to COVID-19 pandemic, uh, Diamond would stop distributing comics to retailers and had directed printers not to send any new shipments to the company until further notice. So, uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, you're if right. If someone knows the actual state of comic distribution, please let us know. And that's that's an actual question, not a jokey one. <laughs> Okay, so on March 25th, 2021, Marvel Comics announced that they plan to shift their direct market distribution for both monthly comics and graphic novels to Penguin Random House. Uh, the change is scheduled to start on October 1st, 2021 in a multi-year partnership. Unlike DC Comics, Complete Split, Marvel will still be giving stores the option to order comics from Diamond, but Diamond will be acting as a wholesaler rather than a distributor. Okay. okay. And it seems like DC is just completely no, you're going to be ordering exclusively from us. Yeah. Which, you know what, is probably for the best. And if Marvel is working with Penguin Random House, then that might mean that floppies are going to be back in at least bookstores. Oh, yeah. Which is what we were hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no offense to comic book stores, but it's such a limiting place when it comes to where you can buy comics. Yeah. Well, I mean... It, it is better to support your local comic shop, but I think being able to get issues in bookstores and, like, drugstores is a great and, gateway. Yeah. Yeah, you need to get... If you want your industry to survive, you gotta get them while they're young. And by young, I mean, like, ten-year-olds. Yes. Also, you, you you put them in the place where, like, they're they're at the, the market with their parents and like, ooh, I want to buy that. And then they buy it. And then the, they're like, I want to buy seven more of these. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to the comic shop this time because the comic shop probably doesn't have them as expensive. Yeah. And also that's where there's more. And the child walks in and they go, oh my God, look at all this stuff. And then we have them forever. You yes. get our little nerd hooks in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're not relying on the little kid sneaking the comic book onto the conveyor belt while mom and dad aren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. <laughs> With that being said, this might prove also an interesting new model for re for the regular comics too. Yes. <laughs> because uh. honestly, who wants to buy all of the different Spider-Man comics and all of the different Superman comics? Comic books are an expensive hobby. Yeah. But like we're making another Spider-Man now because of the MangaVerse. At least it's all going to be in one book. And I will say, I will say that one would probably be done by Kohei Horikoshi, who does My Hero Academia, because you yeah. know he would jump at the chance to do so. Yeah. Let let him write the 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 officially published Spider-Man My Hero Academia crossover. Yeah. I also feel like the creator of Mob Psycho 100 would be really good for an X-Men thing. Oh yeah, that would be really good. Yeah. Um Atsushi Okubo, who did Soul Eater. I have two ideas, because uh, he has been notable for like trying to go out of his way and put more than just Japanese people in his works, and he's even yeah. said that there should be like 
more black people and more Central Asian people and all sorts of different uh, diversities in the industry, even if it is a more Japanese-focused industry, because it's, it's not actually. It is a global industry now. Yeah. Um, so I have two ideas for him um, that could like help work with this, and his art style in general, uh, is that he could either do a Young Avengers thing, yeah, or he could do an Agents of Atlas thing, because more recently the Agents of Atlas has kind of become like the Asian Avengers for Marvel, and they're okay. being spe- that's being spearheaded by Greg Pak. And honestly, I feel like Greg Pak and Atsushi Okubo would work really well, even just working on something together, if yeah. uh, Okubo was doing the art and Pak was doing the writing. Even though I think they they both do writing, they both do art, so actually they could even both do both, both yeah. ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's teamwork! Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. Um, oh... I was just thinking because Tight Kubo has kind of made a comeback with Burn the Witch. Okay. Yeah. I I heard it's real good. And also it was just mostly because like he's actually really good at designing characters. Given Bleach, I almost think something on the supernatural side. Okay. Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider or Moon Knight? I want to say Ghost Rider because especially if you look at yeah. the um, Robbie Reyes design of Ghost Rider, it looks mm-hmm. a lot like a hollow. Actually, I, I feel like even one of the inspirations for his design was Bleach. Okay. Because okay. he because he doesn't have just a normal skull. He has a much more stylized skull. And yeah. now I've brought up Ghost Rider. And I <laughs> please look up Ghost Rider Mangaverse because <laughs> the original one <laughs> looks terrible. And I kind of <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the original manga verse does have a couple like so bad it's good stuff. It's also got it's got uh Jean Grey and Madeline Pryor being sexy sisters. <laughs> uh, uh... Don't you Hey Lindsay, it's time for Madeline it's time for your Madeline Pryor episode. I mean, I I would actually really like Madeline Pryor to, you know, be a bit more of a thing, at least in the movies. Like, Let's, you'll <laughs> you'll you'll get you'll get her one day. Yeah. One day we're gonna have a whole Madeline Pryor episode. Look, when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, now that Disney owns Fox, and it seems like they're going with a multiverse explanation for everything, which you know what, cool. Who knows? I actually who, like who knows that? what's going on. Yeah, who knows what's going on? You know, maybe somebody will take my advice and be like, hey, you actually have to build up to the uh, Phoenix Saga and go slow. You don't blow it on, like, your second movie. Exactly. Um, I'm gonna get you... I'm gonna get you a Goblin Queen body pillow. Anyways. <laughs> Look, she's a sexy and powerful redhead I can't resist. <laughs> so anyways giant spider in me yes by kikori monono is one of my favorite manga that was way too short it's only three volumes oh it's it's very cute it is about a little girl who befriends in, in a post-apocalyptic world apocalyptic world humanity is starting to bounce back with a very like pastoral rural uh, society and a little girl befriends a giant spider monster creature cool and then it's literally just a slice of life after that. <laughs> I feel like so so on the one hand, I feel like Kikori Morino could do like a Rocket and Groot kind of comic in mm-hmm. her style. 
On the other yeah. hand, I would love to just like have Spider-Man again, Spider-Man crossover with Giant Spider and me. <laughs> Spider-Verse 3. Yes. We can only we can only go weirder from here. Yeah. Spider-Geddon had Spider's Man and Some Some Spider-Man. We have to find a way to one-up them for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> for Spider-Pocalypse. Yeah. Um Oh, I feel like there's a really neat story to be had where you had like the more street level like defenders, but they're common riders. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, well, actually, no. There are a few common rider manga, but like that's not their normal. Yeah. Medium. It, but it's yeah. more the whole henshin hero thing. So. Yeah, that kind yeah. of style. So it, it would be like a, a variation on a shonen. See, yeah. so much of Marvel would just be shonen style, but like. Uh, scale the age up or down based on which heroes are involved yeah like i would say some would some like depending on where in life peter parker is shonen some would be more sinon the adult the manga that's geared towards adult men yeah adult men (laughs) fuck (laughs) (laughs) i carried a watermelon What have haven't you seen Dirty Dancing? Yes, I have. I just <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It's just a weird dumb thing to say, and she realizes she said a weird dumb thing okay. to Patrick Swayze. <laughs> so, hey, any of y'all know how to do the Madison? <laughs> One of these days, we'll talk about Dirty Dancing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. We managed to go about half an hour. We're really just fan booking. Yeah. Um, I I don't mind a fan booking episode, but there's only so much that we could do. It's more like, hey, here's like artist, potential hero, potential style, a story. Again, the genre, manga and anime aren't genres. It's just there's certain storytelling conventions that crop up more often. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think the big thing is really just allowing the characters to breathe because i think that's been the problem for the past damn near 20 years when it comes to when it comes to comic books is that like there's always the cycle of um events big like oh yeah, yeah we're changing oh yeah there's <laughs> we've cursed you to forever be a part of ongoing crisis crossover series we're totally shaking up the status quo what fucking status quo yeah well i think like these would be so on the the stories that they actually tell for one they would be like much more just classic superhero stories like villain of the week or villain of the month situations that it's not yeah. shaking up the status quo it's just oh it's an interesting villain also i think that uh like in order to set it apart so like an, another issue with the original ones is that it didn't seem like it was doing anything different with the characters with the art style it was just like somewhat more anime style drawings but with the exact same kind of plots and edging on racist japanese stereotypes and it's Mm -hmm. like that's what the comics already kind of looked like really when you think about it like the influence of anime on art style was already like showing um in like they were learning all the wrong lessons from it or they were like Mm -hmm. executing it wrong and thinking oh yes this is definitely anime we're really it's just like very fan servicey women stylized to the point where they have no knees yeah and uh, like 
it's it's gotten much better like the the crossover of styles and you can very easily see the influence of uh, on nah, you can very easily see the influence of anime on a lot of stuff and a lot of animation these days yeah and i think it's in part due to um the newer generation of artists coming in who grew up with anime and manga as a just a thing oh yeah for sure yeah Maybe not understanding the cultural context behind certain storytelling conventions and like why this art style emerged, but also like there's a mutual relationship between Western and Japanese art. Yeah. So I think in order to make this stand out, I think they should actually lean harder into the, like those manga tropes and styles. Like th- those very, very classic, just like art situations that like someone goes super deformed when they're angry, the... When something embarrassing happens, you get the big anime sweat drop and like the the blue lines on the face, yeah. like those kind of classic things that we don't see as often these days. But you want to yeah. lean into it, like very, very. I miss the days of like peak sojo shojo manga, where like during a romantic moment, all of the flowers just explode out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, give Kamala a shojo manga. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, have have that one be drawn by the queen of sh- of shoujo superhero manga Naoko Takuichi. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who should we give to Clamp? Which Marvel character should we give to Clamp? <sighs> America Chavez because she has the power. She's to... almost too cool. They they need yeah. What if we give No, give the runaways to Clamp. Oh yeah. Cuz then we can have we can have Nico Nico and Carolina. Um, but also I do want to see, I do want to see Pretty Boy Chase. Yes. <laughs> Make them noodle people. <laughs> <laughs> Subasa Runaways Chronicle. <laughs> but also like their armor is so cool. Like for the Magical Knights Rares manga, that was so cool. Yeah. Hell, even, oh, even just give Clamp Weird World. I want a Weird World revival. One of these days I'm going to come on here with Weird World. Yes. <laughs> okay, who's getting Howard the Duck then? Oh, Howard the Duck. Da, 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 from another dimension, <laughs> Howard the Duck. You stole my heart. It's the Love Live people. Yeah. Howard the Duck is now an idol singer. <laughs> no, 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 they're getting Dazzler. They're obviously getting Dazzler. Yeah, they're obviously getting Dazzler. Who would get Howard the Duck? <laughs> Hoomst among us. <laughs> Hoomst. <laughs> Only the bravest soul. <laughs> oh, probably the guy behind. What's the one anime where the dude has a gun for a head? I don't know. What? <laughs> Gunhead. <laughs> I forget what it's called. I just remember hearing about it from Jesu. I was I was gonna say Paru Itagaki, who's behind Beastars. Yeah, that might work, but also, uh, yes, I'm not a robot. Why are you asking me why I'm a robot? Google, uh, <laughs> No Guns Life. Okay. It's a really weird uh, cyberpunk situation, really. See, I feel like this isn't Marvel, but I feel like if if there's a person with a gun for a head in an anime, that that kind of uh that mangaka should be doing something for Doom Patrol. Yeah. Hey DC, maybe you could try this out too. They did. 
Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. they did. Um, Ame Kami Girls. The picture that they used for that one was not flattering. Y- Mind you, it's not a high quality image. It's just, yeah. it's it's the same issue. It's the same situation as Marvel, where it's just like, they just they just made them slightly more stylized and said, this is ma- anime now, right? This is what the, ki- the kids like anime? <laughs> this is what the kids like, right? Uh, yeah. God. But again, you can, you can see anime influences, maybe, maybe not anime influences, but definitely parallels of the shonen stuff today and the Bruce Timm DC animated stuff back then. Yeah. Like, that's more comparable to... It's more comparable to something like FMA and then later My Hero Academia that came out later... But also, I feel like almost, almost like Sailor Moon in the character models because everyone's lanky. Yeah, the, the lanky verse. <laughs> the ladies were lanky. The dudes by Bruce Tim were all very heroic build. But but like but not like a Liefeldian build. Like yeah, they were definitely not Liefeld. God damn, I they, I still have nightmares of his drawings of Captain America. <laughs> listen, listen, Batman Beyond got some leggies. <laughs> He got the the very long legs to set off it to like balance out his massive torso. Terry McGinnis is very svelte, okay? Uh, yeah, that one is true. The long bat. <laughs> the elongated bat. Long bat. <laughs> I think that's just a fruit bat. That's just what a fruit bat is? Yeah. Fruit bat man. Fruit bat man. Yeah. Yeah, give me the give me something where like all all the members of the bat family are different are literal different species of bats. <laughs> What's the one that is just a, like a little white puffball? Oh, I think it's like the puffball bat or something cute like that. The Honduran white bat. Okay. So now I'm searching for Honduran white Batman. Oh my god, the picture on Wikipedia is so cute because it's like four of them all cuddling together on a on a leaf. Okay, but search for Honduran White Batman. You'll know exactly what I'm giggling at. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. Here I was thinking it was that one, you know, the picture of the bat and it's getting the, it's getting brushed with a toothbrush and then <laughs> you have Alfred giving Bruce a brush. <laughs> Stop. I am the knight. <laughs> oh, we got way off track there. But honestly, yeah, this is just like a general concept that could possibly help you know, steer the comic book industry into something that is actually monetarily viable. Yes. Of course, the the true way to make things monetarily viable is to pay the artists and writers a living wage. Yes. And then don't charge us out the wahoo for actually buying the stuff. Yeah. I'm not paying $6 for 20 pages worth of story. Yeah. Truly, the, every industry, but especially the comics industry, should be supporting a universal basic income so that we can buy more of their merchandise. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else we can think of that um, like isn't just a last-minute booking or just a rehash of what we said like back in our first year when we rebooted the entire comics industry? Yeah, uh, this is poorly thought out, but at the same time, I really liked 
you know, mashing these different things together. Um, I don't really. It, it truly is one of those topics where it's like, how do we reboot it? We do it better. How do we do it better? We just do it better. Better organization, better coordination. And again, it's a lot more of like, if you're able to focus on a character and they kind of exist in their bubble, like you can build so much with that character. And mm-hmm. like, again, Spider-Man is kind of like the perennial character here because he also like probably out of all of the marvel characters has like the best roster of characters and he has the best um villains gallery like you could make a whole sentai series out of spider-man i say sentai rather than con rider because spider-man is the red ranger and then spider gwen's the white ranger miles is the black ranger anya's the blue ranger and then trying to think who else do we have iron spider is the yellow ranger there you go. You have your whole Sentai team, and then Venom is the Venom Ranger, <laughs> or or do a do like a clone conspiracy thing, and then Kane ends up being like Quantum Spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, also let Peter Parker grow the fuck up. Yes. Well, okay. So that that's another thing where it's like they can only really accomplish that if. Throw out the fucking sliding time scale. It's done. It's over with. It 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 hurts more than it helps. No, but I'm saying specifically for this, like they'd have to the manga verse would have to last for several years in order to give Peter time to grow up. That's true. We're talking manga, I wanna see Teen Peter Parker. Yeah. With the comic books, it's just like can we please stop with this whole sliding time scale? It's not helping. Yeah, honestly, honestly, the Peter Parker issue is that they either, they, they want him to a- act like a teenager, but they don't want him to be a teenager anymore. So they will get him out of high school as soon as they can in almost any adaptation, but still have him act like he's still in high school. Yeah. Anyways, this, we're veering way <laughs> off track. Yeah, I know, I know. There's just, uh Peter! <laughs> Peter? No. <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're ending this. We're calling it now. Okay. Because we could just go on forever about the state of the world. Yeah. So we're now going to launch a friendship promo and remember to read it right to left. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Stop. You're listening in the wrong direction. <laughs> Guess what? You're listening at the wrong end of the podcast. It's true. In keeping with the original Japanese podcast format, Not If I Reboot You First is meant to be listened to from right to left, starting in the upper right corner. Do they still do Yeah, well, mind you, okay, when did this uh, copy of D. Grey Man come out? I need a, where's, the, where's the copyright info on this thing? Uh, it came out in two, 2017 was the English release date. That They still got to put that because, hey, any manga could be someone's first manga. Yeah, that's true. And it... Any comic could always be someone's first comic. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I uh, can't believe we did all of this and not mention uh, Araki of uh, JoJo fame. Mm. Honestly, though, it <laughs> it would probably be more likely that somebody just invokes a style for a gag. I, I feel like the obvious answer would be <laughs> Iron Fist. Maybe. Oh, no. Yeah. Excuse me. Give Araki the Defenders. Yeah. Okay, that's all we got. <laughs> I want to see I want to see overly muscled boys in weird <laughs> poses. <laughs> so yeah. Um on that note, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at Lindsay M476. 
that's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? I don't know. The page hasn't loaded yet. There it is. You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Boot You First, and they're pronounced like the sound of the deer-scaring device. Boink. Uh, you can also email us at notifiverbootyoufirst at gmail.com or you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite uh, JoJo pose. That's where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube or even your DeviantArt. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network and you can talk more about this or the other shows we share the network with via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by our friend Sean Click, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you like music of his own for your own. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Sotol, Assiniboine, and Métis. And last but not least, don't forget that you can buy this episode for yourself. That is right, it is not an NFT, it is just your name and a spreadsheet. But for a $5 donation to the North Central Family Center, which is a neighborhood in our city that has a lot of issues going on in it and has a significant First Nations population, and we want to try and donate to local causes as much as we can, Mm -hmm. um, there's a link in the description, and if you do a $5 minimum donation, then we will declare that you're the owner of this podcast episode, or any of our podcast episodes that you so desire. Yay! Yay! So, Lindsay. So, Tanner. Next week, we have another special guest... And her hint is that we will be rebooting A Tale As Old As Time. Ooh, sounds exciting. I do not know if this is influenced by High School Musical's musical the series. We'll have to ask her when she shows up. <laughs> we shall see. All right, but we will find out next week, not if we reboot you first. Bye.